College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned college football. And man, oh man, to have, you know, we were just talking about it before we hit record, to have three undefeated teams um, that late in the season, to have the number three and number four ranked teams go down, to have what happened in week you know, the, the last week, rivalry week, you know, where we saw Clemson fall out of it. You saw things like Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, fall, you know, mess up. Like, I mean, LSU got beat by A&M. They still had a path to it in a sense with, you know, if they would have beaten Georgia, which wasn't going to happen. But still, I mean, so many things happened down the stretch of this season. And just to top it off with the two out of the four top teams going down, that that was just crazy, man. Super crazy. So we are going to start with uh, the national semifinalists, the top four, give our takes, because, of course, we got a whole lot of conspiracy theories that ran wild. And I'm not talking about, you know, fanboy fans and, and trolls on Twitter, but we wonder why we have more and more of those, because the media – was just going nuts with this Bama thing as if it was actually going to happen. So we'll talk about the top four. It's kind of refreshing. Something that we uh, spoke of just a second ago before we hit record as well was the fact that we don't have a game in the semifinals with a uh, 15 or 18 or 22-point spread. You know, both of them are well under 10. So this is uh, this is interesting. It's kind of like a couple of new teams it feels good. Um, Oklahoma is the only team from the Big 12 that has made it to the semifinals. Now, I don't think they've actually made it to the finals. Yeah, they haven't made it to the finals yet. But um, So it's nice to have TCU in, you know. Um, this is the first time I think we've had two from the Big 10, correct? We've had two SECs, but I don't think we've had a big two Big 10s. But anyway, um, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a little bit about you know, what happened, obviously, the most, clima- you know, climax-type uh, drama field was the TCU-Kansas State. What do you know? TCU mounted a comeback and forced it into overtime. We'll talk kind of vaguely about the bowl selections. We'll, we'll kind of pinpoint a couple of uh, great matchups that we'll talk about in the future. Um, we will preview and predict them leading up to it. Right now, we do, after this show, just so – the audience knows we do usually take a couple of weeks off. Let the bowl season kind of get on their way for a week or two, probably two weeks, and then boom, we can have a little recap of what's happened, and then we'll preview and predict all the, the marquee matchups and, of course, the semifinals and all that good stuff. So we're going to get to this stuff in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find this year College Ball Show under the Ropadope Radio podcast that also does uh, boxing and, and basketball here in, a, in about a month. Um, you can find the Rope It Over Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, while you're at it, I want to head on over to com and also Sports News 24. And one more thing, if you're 
thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $49.99 for two months. If you go with the choice or ultimate package, that gives you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. That's a savings of $160, excuse me. It's the best of live TV and on-demand, no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus you get to enjoy regional sports networks. Without those additional fees, that's DirecTV Stream. Okay, Marshall, you know, it's been a fun, 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 entertaining, drama-filled, jam-packed week after week almost. Even the ones that, you know, you felt a little light about, like it wasn't too many big matchups, you could say that, <laughs> last week. Um it's, it produced so much drama, like the regular season of the college football does normally. But like I said, the, the closing couple of weeks, and especially these last two to three weeks, to go that long and that far into the season with that many undefeated teams and with that many teams having a legit shot at qualifying for those top four spots, um, it was just phenomenal. And like I said, of course, you weren't happy necessarily about one of those teams uh, losing on Saturday, but it was crazy to see the number three and number four team to go down. But what a cap on the regular season in the first part of postseason, my friend. Yeah, and I'm happy that the committee got it right um, with the hype you were talking about when you introduced the show. And simply due to the fact that the committee, they've always kind of made their own rules. The the biggest knock I think people have had who are somewhat objective or like I was listening to that, that Vegas podcast and the thing they always rip on those guys was rip on is every week it's like the committee they they alter how they perceive teams. And every you know, for every the last handful of years. Well, we're 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 really liking when you when you get an opponent to you when you play opponent again you beat him or we'd really this year we're really liking your non conference or this year the main focus is the championship conference games. It's like and it kind of subjectively changed your mind every year. And so you're as a fan, you're like, dude, what 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 can I expect for the college football playoff? And then you also normally have had that that brand name bias of the elite schools get love, which they do get from how you look at rankings. Like realistically, as much as I love USC, they were highly ranked. They probably should have been when this whole playoff committee started. But at the end of the day, despite what people were fearing, um, the committee made the right choices. Because I won't lie, Chris, I, I was seriously concerned that TCU was either going to possibly drop out, which would have been insane, or drop to the four seed, which they realistically didn't deserve. Thankfully, neither of those things happened. But when I heard before TCU's game against K-State, I heard they're like minus 900 to make the playoffs. And not that Vegas controls everything, but I'm like, okay, if they're minus 900 to make the playoffs before they play K-State, that is Vegas and people pretty much saying, hey, right. this They're not going to put that in. kind of line out there if, you know. Yes, because that means the opposite of them to, to miss <laughs> it would have been like probably plus 500 or something. When I heard them, I'm like, right. you know what? I feel good. Now, did K-State and TCU, obviously TCU want to beat K-State, you could tell. That was a hell of a football game, but. Hey, TCU stayed in the playoff, which they massively deserved, and they stayed in the three seed again, which they deserved. Because if we're going to compare both teams' losses, Ohio State got thumped at home in the second half against their rival, and TCU lost a game 
in which they were inches away from tying it. So I would say TCU's loss was not as bad as Ohio State's. And realistically, as crazy as this sounds, the Big 12 from top to bottom was a more competitive overall conference in the Big Ten this year. Now, you can say, dude, you're crazy. Big Ten's got Ohio State and Michigan. They do. But from top to bottom, top to bottom, TCU yeah. had more challenging games overall throughout the there year. There wasn't so. many bad teams. Now, no, there's less teams, but there's not as bad teams. Now, I will True. say this. The only, the only thing is, where, where was the TCU game, the first one? Was it at, at TCU or at Kansas State? It was at TCU. Okay. So the only thing I'll say is um, they have a – although you're right about the overtime thing, right, it went to overtime as a closer loss. But if you look at quality losses based off the opponent, now clearly a, a number two seed undefeated team is a better opponent than Kansas State. Now, True. Yeah. what happened in that, in, we can't even say the second quarter or second half, especially in the fourth quarter, what happened in that fourth quarter with like eight minutes to play, all shit went loose. I mean, it really did. Uh, crazy. Most of those yards that they got on the ground happened then. It was nuts. But that's the only, that's, and then you say, well, at Penn State, did they have a better win than at Penn State? Now, I'm not saying at Penn State isn't as good as some other wins. That's not what I'm saying. But does TCU have a better, like a clearly better win than at Penn State? Uh, I mean, if you know if what I mean, it's debatable. Yeah, it's like okay, sure, it that's interesting. So they have a they 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 had a tougher team to lose to. That by the way, they didn't get a rematch with. That was never going to happen because, and that's another thing about divisions, you know, and I think that's why I'm starting to feel like divisions are going to go away because in the Big Ten and a lot of times in the ACC, in other ones, but especially those two because those are some of the major ones, you don't get the best two teams playing in the championship right now. You don't, right? But then again, should you get – Dock points because you went, you had an extra game. You know what I mean. So it's it, it can work both ways. But um, I just wanted to to talk about that too because some people actually made a case for Ohio State at three, um, which it's at least debatable, but nothing like yeah. Going. But and that actually is another point which I heard, which actually does make a lot of sense, which is unfortunate because it from how the how comfortable setup it's not meant to, but. As you just said, in a way, it actually, these teams playing in these conference championship games can actually hurt them. The fact that Bama and Ohio State, who didn't make their conference championship games, could sneak in from teams who are playing, in a way, it, it, the system has almost become, for this year, that playing in a conference title game didn't benefit you, which is sad when you think about it, unfortunately, because if you make the conference title game for your conference – that should be viewed as a reward. But remember, but, in the Big 12, they don't have divisions. So if true. if we had divisions, if we didn't have divisions in the Big 10, Ohio State would be in that game. That Well, you're right. May, may, I think the combination of, like you said, getting rid of divisions and not letting a team get penalized from making right. it to their conference. It's slippery slope. It is. It really is. So, Because uh, USC, now, again, I'm not saying USC deserved necessarily to stay in. But yeah, because what was they, their best win then? 
You know True. what I mean? Start but, to look but at that. They they played in a game for this weekend, conference championship weekend. They lost, and a team who didn't make their conference took their spot. Now I'm not denying that the spot should have been taken, but that is kind of that slippery slope of man. If you make it an extra game, a lot of times you can only lose and go backwards, which sucks. But um, I'm with you that like the Big Twelve does do it right to where. But they and, did have a chance to win outright. Yeah, they did. And, so and they already lost. They lost the same team twice. Oh, agree. I agree. I'm just. That, that and I think that again, we're slowly but surely we're getting there, and they did yeah. confirm. Ultimately, it won't two, matter, right? Once we get to yeah, twelve, two years from now, yeah. yeah, two years from now, it will start with twelve. Which again, man, that's that's going to be ooh, uh, this this podcast in two years is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that's what we're one. That's what we're hoping. It's not one hundred percent official because they do have to. They got the Rose Bowl stuff figured out, but they still have to negotiate with the networks. You know. So True. They, they still yeah. got to get it out because it's not like ESPN can all of a sudden, hey, uh, even though our deal's for the top four teams, we'll just take all these other games. It's like, no, nah, that may happen, but they have to sure. negotiate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I could see some issues there, but it does look like it's on the path. And ultimately, it won't matter. But and, and speaking of the teams who are one and two, hey, you took care of business. Um, at the end of the day, now, I, I, Georgia fans are probably were a little surprised they gave up. It was 50 to 30. I don't think anyone expect that high scoring of the game. And Michigan, it, it was close, but as we predicted, pr- Purdue's that scrappy kind of annoying little team is going to keep picking at you and biting at you and picking at you. But they, they got it done. Yeah. So neither and Michigan team, slowly pushes away from you. You know, yeah. What I mean? The the first half was close, and that like we kind of talked about, which I thought they would, because Purdue's kind of that annoying team. But at, as that game progressed, they that lead got more comfortable. And Georgia, I mean, it was higher scoring, but there was never really part of that game where you did. I think thought that, there was a backdoor cover coming though. <laughs> which oh, that, so that's close. fair. That's fair. Oh, I thought um, I had that seventeen and a half all smiling and stuff, and it didn't work out for me. So uh, you know, for, and there was no no debating that. Like the one and two yeah. straight. Hey, they made the committee made the right choice of three. Ohio State going four. That that was the right decision due to what USC did. So yeah, I hey the committee. They, they got it right, which is, again, that's all we can ask for. There's not really much to, to honestly bitch about. You, if the people are bitching about Alabama, they're they're missing that whole big picture overall. Or maybe you're just a diehard from Tuscaloosa that has a roll tie tattoo. Aside from and that. And real quick, since yeah. we, ha- we already talked about this off, off recording, but we haven't yet. For the people that, first of all, I want to bet based off propaganda. So on one hand, I'm glad I'm $100 richer. I actually said, I'll, I'll bet you 50. The guy said 100. It was a regular at my bar. And uh, he he was, I mean, it was a done deal. Bama's in. And I understand, like I, like we were talking about, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, we get what that means to the television ratings. But the NCAA being involved in that, the NCAA doesn't make more money off that individual, off those three games. It's the television company that is actually – They've already paid for the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, will that help in the future for a new deal for new deals? Uh, yeah, it, that, definitely that could help. But let's go back and, and to have Nick Saban on there. That was bullshit. I thought too. Now maybe he was already going to be on there, um, and that may have been already scheduled. But I thought that was bullshit because beat LSU or beat Tennessee if you want to get in. Sure, that, that's yeah. all you had to do was beat one of those teams, and you would have been in. Um, because it would have been – if you would have been Tennessee, especially at that time, um, 
And if you beat LSU, you're in the conference final. True. So then your second loss would be against Georgia or you'd beat Georgia. Either way, it, it's a lot stronger. And, you know, as far as saying the Alabama, you know, franchise, and, and you know, they're done. You know, 10 wins over 15 straight years. They're 10-2 and two this year. They're not done. Let's let's let that play out. But when we talk about the the close games, losing by four points to two two teams on the last play of the game, that is true. But remember, they won. They beat Texas by a point. They they were struggling with Old Miss, who struggled down the the, the rest of the season. Um, and then obviously the A and M game. So if we we can't just mention the close losses, which were quality losses, no doubt. And I'm not, I think we shouldn't say Bama's done. I think that's nonsense. But to ever think that they were actually going to get in with two losses when you had other two other teams with one losses, it just doesn't make sense. And once again, that at Penn State, show me a better win than at Penn State for Alabama. It's just not there. I'm not yeah. trying to push Penn State up higher than some of these teams. Shit, there's some teams that passed them. Because they pulled upsets, Utah and Kansas State. They they pulled past them. Well, I get why. Because, you know, they just had a monster win. I'm not trying to put uh, Penn State up in some kind of, they should have been, you know, one of the teams that were, you know, 10-2. and two. Hey, man, they, they have two quality losses, Michigan, Ohio State. And they put Ohio State pretty deep in that fourth quarter. But once again, it's just propaganda over the top about Bama in SEC. Dude. We get it. The SEC, look at the last 17 years, how many championships they got. A whole, most of them, right? Ohio sure. State and Clemson twice. And then it's, it, that's it, you know? So they, they should get, they're going to get some bias in there, but that whole Bama was going to get in. That was complete nonsense. Sorry, keep going. No, you're good. And like I said, I, I agreed. Bama had no, no, again, and part of it's just the name brand hype, but I'm, again, I'm happy the committee didn't do that. Cause if they had done that, that would have really, that would have been, that would have been a, a disgrace for college football. That would, that would have been, we would have had to really reevaluate, dude, like what just happened? Like you, you can't, that's, that's a mistake that would have been un, inexcusable. So I'm happy yeah. it didn't. Um, and TCU, I could see why TCU fans were afraid because they did get, sure. their, they did get screwed. Years ago, right? Yeah. A chunk of years ago. You're not, right. Not, now their their non their non conference wasn't all that great, but either was Baylor's at that time. I think those mm-hmm. are the two teams that we we're jockeying back and forth. So I, I get why the paranoia from the fan base. I get that part, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that game though with K, K- State TCU. I mean, what a big win by K State, and now they got Bama too coming up. Yeah, and, and honestly, that could be one of those bowl games where, and again, just for briefly in bowl games, especially with how college football has become, if you're looking for bets or just who you pick or who you like, it, um, the transfer portal is open now, and a lot of teams are going to have players opt out. I feel that that's become more of a thing, especially for this past probably, I would say, five to seven years, really, where if you're like a first, second round, maybe third round pick, I ain't playing in the bowl game, which – I can't blame guys. If you know you have a financial future set up, and we've seen it happen almost every year, sadly, to where guys do yeah. play and you tear your ACL, and now you go from being a first round pick to a a third round, or maybe have a, a lifelong knee injury. Like you know, I, I completely get it. But um, yeah, Bama does play K State, which should be a fun game. But you know, K State, oh, they'll be ready for that. 
Um, but yeah, for that K State TCU man, it 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 was it, it was a game like we expected. Uh, it, it was a great game like they played earlier in the season. Um, now K State didn't get out to a big lead this time, but they pretty much had the lead for almost the whole game. They, they it was close, but K State after um, getting down early seven zero, um, they they just played consistently steady football. Um, the final score was thirty one to twenty eight. Um, that now uh, these are two great evenly matched teams. Part of the reason why TCU didn't hurt a whole lot from losing that game from the committee, Chris, was the fact that K-State had a really good year. Now they're 10 and three, but they finished, they went going to that game. They're ranked 10th in the country. Like this TC now, if TC would lost the game to like, uh, I don't know, like it may be an unranked team or someone less caliber, um, but they didn't. So K-State TCU is back and forth the whole game. K-State was up 14 to 10 at half. The, they both scored a touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, the game went into overtime. Um, if you're if you're a TCU fan, you're probably thinking, "Man, we were a couple inches away from scoring the first touchdown overtime. Yeah. Maybe you spied the ball back a few inches too far back." And then you had a player where the quarterback looks like he might have got over, but he never did. You had the overhead cam, and I, I mean, it was to the point where, damn, it's like how close could have they got? And they were literally inches away. But. I will say, Chris, it's kind of become a it, it's become a weird trend that people talk about every week in college football and the NFL of how so few teams like literally do quarterback sneaks. Like it's become a thing now to where some teams are like in shotgun or will do a sweep. But I mean, that TCU literally needed six to seven inches, and yet you're doing these plays. But it's like in this NFL and college, but or even sometimes these teams not do shotgun. It's like, dude. If you need a foot, why not get under center, have your fullback go in motion, and literally two hands shove your quarterback in? Like it's it's all it's almost like teams don't practice. Maybe the quarterbacks don't want to, but the quarterback sneak still is probably the easiest, most efficient play. But you literally see teams more and yeah, more and Duggan's more just don't like, do it. Uh, Duggan's not like a super small guy or something either. You know what I mean? No, six, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. Two, 10 in college is fine. You could, you mm-hmm. know, I know. So, and of course, obviously when TCU got uh, stoned at the goal line, K state, it was a simple, Hey, let's do a run. Let's get inside of the field, kick the field goal and go home. So it was a hell of a big 12 title game. If I was not coaching basketball, I was going to go cause it's in my backyard in Arlington. I, I, I miss what would have been a fun one to see in person, but Hey, and give K state credit, dude. From a K-State fan perspective, I'm sure they felt they let that one slip against TCU. And oh, yeah. K-State wins a big and 12 And quarterback stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback injuries, yeah. Quarterbacks. And they held them to 2 of 15 on uh, third down. Now, both teams were t- – uh, Kansas State was 2 of 3 on fourth down. TCU was third, 3 of 4 on, on fourth down. But 2 of 15, that's pretty good considering, you know, what TCU's done on offense as well to a lot of teams. And they ran for two eighteen too. I mean, both teams over two hundred rushing. Man, this that was just a damn well played game. It, it really was. It, it was. It was a great rematch of teams that deserved it. And man, for two years in a row now, the Big Twelve title game has had. Last year was the Baylor play where he thought he yep. was going to sneak in the end zone. And he didn't, or with Oak State, and then now mm-hmm. you had a, another overtime game. So the Big Twelve they they've treated the fans pretty well. Hopefully next year I can go to that game. Um, 
But I still have stuck in my head, and I should have done it. The the Stanford Steve and the Bear, the ESPN guy podcast, I'll never forget start of the year, they were doing all their conference previews. And they both said, hey, if you're looking for a good investment, uh, K-State, TCU were both like kind of like sneaky picks. I, I think K-State was 15-1, to 1, TCU was 12-1. to 1. I was like, damn it. Looking back, I'm like, man, those guys were right. Those were, those were some, they were some really good investments and I, I didn't make either investment, which I feel stupid for, but they nailed it. And the yeah, case say, Hey, if you had them at the start of the year, they were 15 to one to win the title and, and, and they, Hey, they earned it. They, they had a hell of a year and again, you get rewarded with going to Bama and the Sugar Bowl for a really fun game and props to them. And if you're TCU, you, you had a long journey and now you got another, hopefully two more games left in your journey full year. Yeah. And, um, obviously, you know, Clemson showed up big time. Uh, that backup quarterback who's going to be their quarterback next year shined. Uh, speaking of <laughs> showing up big time, Tulane coming from two and 10 hosting an AAC title game ran away with it 45 to 28. That was a big, big win. I mentioned Fresno State upset Boise State. Uh, Michigan pulled away like they normally do in the, in the third, especially fourth quarter, 43-22. LSU. <laughs> All right, so we open the season, and I have to give my credit, some credit here to the co-host, because we open the season with a some issues on special teams, right? And then they, LSU closes the season because they came to play that day. You know, they could have they put their head down. It just gotten beat by 40, it felt like, in that game. You know what I mean? Sure. If you look at the, the halftime score, especially. But when they went down and it looked like, hey, man, you know, here we go. And, and to first of all, you had a block kick, right? So that's there's issues there, right? But then you had, you know, a, a, a huge kerfuffle, too. Because, you know, I, I did – was there a helmet involved on the kick, because I heard someone recently say actually it hit a helmet, and that's why there was something in between uh, thing instead of just a hand. But I don't remember it being that low. I um I don't good. Well, the only thing I heard was that it, once again you get so used to that being a blow and dead play. So what my co-host yeah. was talking about was is that LSU kicked a field goal which got blocked, yep. and normally nine out of ten times you'll just see the ball like roll to a stop. The defense and offense just kind of leave it alone. No one goes to where the ref blows the whistle dead. Now, I did count. The, the, the ball was blocked, and there was seven seconds from the ball being blocked right. to when it got picked up. But in fairness to George's credit, there was well, no whistle. Well, in that one player credit, really. Yeah, because, so, yeah. George, because Georgia, that's why I want to give this guy credit, this, this kid, because – Half of the team was walking off the field for Georgia as well. The other half was uh, high-fiving because they just made a block. And then sure. one of the players tried to wave off that guy from picking it up. I don't know if you noticed that. But he, yeah. he's like, no, 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 don't touch it, don't touch it. And the guy's sitting there, like, creeping, like, is this a live ball? And he's just sitting there, crouched down. And he's like, screw it, I'm picking it up. All of a sudden, you saw, like, maybe three or four, you know, <coughs> Georgia players go, oh, shit. And then they help block. But, uh, yeah, you know, I remember you saying 
you know, LSU needs to practice more special teams. Well, I think that they they bookend the year, my friends. I did want to give you credit there. Again, and, um, and the kicker it, was that was the only coach he brought from Notre Dame was a special teams coach. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, because <laughs> all of them stayed. Yeah, they, I forgot about that. But the, the only rule I heard about that is the fact that since the ball did not cross the goal line and it wasn't blowing right. dead, that mm-hmm. was the proper call by the refs, even though, again, he, he he did kind of like doing a hot potato. He's like, ah, can I pick it up? Like, I haven't heard a whistle. Yeah, and it was funny. It, I, 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 but my point he, is they could have got some points, right? And mm-hmm. then they got the ball back and scored again. They scored, you know, at yeah. that point because they didn't. So all of a sudden it was 7-zip and it shouldn't have been. So you could kind of <laughs> tell right away in the game, Marshall, they came to play, right? Yeah. But then they gave away a play and it, all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's 35-10. to 10. <clears throat> this thing's over, and all of a sudden, it really felt like a backdoor cover was coming, man. I, sure. I thought maybe there'd be some ugly stuff that happens in there, but um, Georgia, you know, like you said, I, I don't think anyone thought it'd be 80 points in that game in general. So what? And then obviously, what happened? What happened? What happened to USC in that game? Um, obviously, well, the quarterback got banged up, so you yeah. definitely have to put that in. But when you're up 17-3, to there was that moment, um, you know, where, I don't know, some people thought, ah, you know, fourth and eight, it's a long field goal, or do you punt? But some, it was a turnover on downs, and they got a touchdown after it. Uh, But it was at the 37-yard of Utah, so it's not like it was, you know, way, 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 you know, on your own 37 or something sure. like that. Um, but after that, I mean, it, it it just turned around. And when you give up, you know, I thought the key thing was uh, the rushing. Now, they have a star quarterback. He had a good, a pretty damn good game, especially the, the second half part where he was a little hurt or where he was hurt, clearly. But, the rushing game, they, they, they did it 27 times, so they were really trying to run, but they could not run. And that's something that on the low, uh, both Lincoln Riley in, you know, Oklahoma back in the, you know, not long ago, they actually did, you know, a lot of people think they're just passing, that's it. They actually have had a, a strong running game, and even though they had their number one, you know, guy out, what is it, Jones was the backup, they've been running the ball pretty damn well. So I thought that was one of the keys, too, because – on the flip side, you almost had 200-yard rushers, and he had 35 carries, 223, 6.4 a carry at you know in three touchdowns. That seemed like it was the difference of the game right there because they 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 were able to just you know beat them up slowly, but they still got 300 you know 310 passing yards too. So the defense ultimately did catch up. Uh, they didn't make those key turnovers as many as they they used they were you know throughout the year the Trojans were doing yeah um I mean again like you said they they had forced the fumble they're up 17 to 3 and maybe if that is 24 to 3 that's the kill shot maybe that is it's you know curtains it's done um but unfortunately, they weren't able to get. I, I don't mind going for it there. That you're in no man's land. You're in, he's an aggressive play caller. You've had you've had the hushing quarterback. You know. Yeah, and, but unfortunately, like it's a or something. Yeah, but unfortunately, he didn't get it. And then it, it really was a a backbreaking drive too. Right before half, you're up seven, 
and you had they had a couple of third down conversions, and a, a couple of them were due to yep. missed tackles. There mm-hmm. now, I people quit counting, but for sure, there was three minutes or sorry, the game was in the third quarter, and USC had twenty two missed tackles. Like that's that's embarrassing. That, that's, yeah, that's truly pitiful. Yes, and a lot of them were on big plays to where okay, like a, U, a Utah guy caught. I remember one play. He caught the ball coming across the middle. He bounced off three people, and it became a 70-yard, like, post pattern. Like, it should have been a 15-yard catch, and he takes it to the house. But it's like, how how can you miss 22 tackles in a game? I think part of it's Clay Helton maybe didn't do a great job recruiting because those were his players. And part of it's Lincoln Riley. Again, you have an elite offense, elite. But you have a shit defense again. This same story he had in Oklahoma. Now, Give him some time. Maybe he'll have, he'll be able to figure it out. But it, again, a little bit on Clay, a little bit on Riley, and more so it's on the players. Like that 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 number, Chris, is absurd. Like yeah, yeah. No matter what, you, yeah. you're getting you were high. clearly there. You know the the scheme yeah. put you in position to tackle somebody. Right? You know, and, and that's something where you learn as a kid. Like hey, wrap up and take him down. Like you, you can blame the coaches, but dude. When when you as a defensive back or a linebacker just tackle, yeah, like everyone to give that. up some yards. It's another thing to give up thirty more, you know. Yeah, so the twenty two missed tackles was killer. Obviously, Caleb Williams in the second half was not the same guy. This is a dude who's been like a, a, a Houdini, a Michael Vick. A, that dude has been a he's put on a clinic all year of how to avoid plays and make plays. But you could tell with how bad he was limping. I believe they ended up saying it was his quad or hamstring. But he wasn't him same self. Yeah. He did have kind of like a nice twenty yard scramble there, like in the third quarter. Um, but they're, they're, the dynamics of the offense changed. And obviously, if you're Utah, you have common sense. Okay, Caleb Williams can't run that much anymore, so we can key in on the run or just drop back and just play pass defense, like. They, right. That that really changed the dichotomy of the offense because they scored seven points in the second half. And I mean, hell, Chris, that game was seventeen to three, and you finished the game on a forty-four to seven run. That's like a call. That, you, you don't even have that big of a run in college basketball. Like that game, uh, you scored seven. I mean, it, it's just hard to fathom that, that big of a change happened. And but with Utah though, they got that momentum going. I think that that. Touchdown at halftime was a killer. Again, due yeah, to, they go in there tied. Yep. Due to garbage tackling, and then you get the lead. So now you you were down, you were down seventeen to three. Now you're up twenty four to seven, or sorry, now Utah got up twenty four to seventeen, and they never got the momentum going. The Caleb Williams got dinged up. Um, again, they were able to move the ball a little bit, but uh, he he threw. Well, a I think pick. that key was yeah. though. I felt still pretty good. I had uh, minus two and a half. USC and I felt pretty good all of a sudden when it was when they did get that nice drive and, and it was 27-24 and I thought sure. okay okay and then two plays later 75 yards I, 44 a, seconds it's like gap. what the yeah. hell just in an interception fumble it was a wrap I mean that that was pretty crazy that was pretty yeah crazy. but still you know I'd say for sure a successful year oh uh, when it comes to a first year uh, uh, coach in general, and, and, and you know, they, they definitely uh, – and they got him back, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. not like this is a one and done. You know, they got they got the guy back. And like you said, 
they're going to have to now with the transfer portal, something that they didn't necessarily have yet at Oklahoma, right? I mean, you can enter a transfer portal for a long time, but we know that the one you don't have to wait a year unless you sure. do it a second time. Um, and you could you can do it, let's say, as an undergrad, and then as a graduate student, you can do it again, and more likely you'll be able to play. There's sure. that rule. But, um, you know, one thing I'll say about the defense is it's easier to recruit right now, uh, you know, to just get, hey, if we can get a cut, like one or two, two or three just solid-ass players, maybe at every level or whatever, yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, at least we know they can come in and play right away. Um, True. So I think that will help. Um, and just overall, like, uh, you know, their, their recruiting's obviously going to go up with Riley, but once they get in the Big Ten, and they basically are, these guys are signing to be in the Big Ten as well, or not to be in it, but they're going to be in it, you know. The ones that yeah. signed this year know that, it, you know, they're going to be in the Big Ten playing. So I think the combination of that will do it. I don't know if they'll ever have a a nasty, nasty defense under Riley, but um, if they put up some money with a great defensive coordinator and buy some players, they probably will. Let's not go too much further on this, though. Um, okay. Oh, my last, my last when thing. It comes to that? Yeah, I just hope that down the road one year, you and I go to a Gophers host USC game. That'd be that's what I'm looking forward to. That, it'd be a lot of fun to go to a USC Gopher game with you in person, man. That's that's all I gotta say about that. I, what I, I want is anytime we gotta play USC, it better be in November if it's in Minnesota. Get, yeah, get, the, get see, them boys cold. I want to see those West Coast and just in general. And that's something I'm looking forward to with the new playoff system um, when you get to host your games. I want to see yeah. these Southern boys and out West, especially Southwest, come on up in November. Uh-huh. And actually, it's going to be in January. <laughs> you know what I mean? Technically, or, or late December. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I want to see these boys come up at it because, you know, in September, the, the North has to come, go play in humidity, you know, uh-huh. on non-conference True. a lot of times. So I really want to see that. Um, and by the way, the Rose Bowl did get signed off to where it all signs point to 2024 for the, for the expansion. They still got to get some stuff figured out. But I was, a, you know, on paper a little disappointed because they are – taking the break still. Um, so basically the week of – so if you go flat, fast forward, it would be basically like – it says the week of starting Saturday, December 21st. This is, you know, a little while from that now, not this week. But it's basically the week before Christmas is when the first round will go, will start. So and there's four rounds. So yeah, they are I- going to linger well into January – Obviously, it'll be probably on the week, you know, during the week because of the NFL. But um, but that does add, you know, for those first two rounds, you assume it's going to be home fields for, you know, for the higher seeds. So you get up north in January, late December, January, it's going to be a different ball game. But um, I'm going to have an open mind when it comes and see how it goes either way because there is something to be said about starting it and then having a month of it rather than doing two weeks or a week and then taking a longer break. And then, you know, so there could be stuff wrong with that too. But um, it does look like it's lining up pretty well, my friend. 
Yeah, that, that's going to be a, a lot of that's that man. That's going to be a lot of fun. Two years, like I said, two years from now, we're going to be previewing. Hey, what which twelve teams the committee let in? And though, though that first time we get to see D one schools host a playoff game, oh man, that 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 that's going to be must watch TV. That's going to be the environments of those stadiums is going to be raucous. That's going to be really cool. Now, um, as far oh, go ahead. I will just say one note. There is there is one game that gets played always on this week. There is one game this week, and it, we're not going to do the crafty crappy pick because it'd be disrespectful to the military forces. But it is Army Navy. Um, the point spread's actually even, and the over under is thirty three. I mentioned that because I think if you go back in like the past like thirty eight oh, yeah. games of military right. forces against each other, the under is like thirty five and three. I'm not lying. Right. So. But that's the over under is thirty three. But even so, it's like thir- it's it's like a ninety percent clip. Where if did you Army, say, did you say thirty three or forty three? Thirty three is the over under. Oh. But they, those games, I bet it's like a ninety percent clip. So if you're looking to bet a college football game this week at Army Navy, which is always fun to watch, anyways, because you can tell sure. how much it means to people in the stands. But those games almost always go under, and thirty three is a super super low total. But if you're taking over, good luck. Hey, Iowa, Minnesota <laughs> happened, you know. The, the yeah, loss went on right. record, and it went well under. It only went to 23, so. Oh, and, oh, and I think, speaking of that, the Iowa-Kentucky bowl game over-under opened at 32 and a half. And they're both not going to have their quarterback. <laughs> oh, God, God. And, and I believe both quarterbacks are transferring Oh. Out of Iowa because oh, oh, uh, no, Macamar oh. or whatever is going there. The Michigan guy who was the starter last oh, year. Oh, good lord! Okay. So yeah, it's gonna. They're gonna be. You better warm up your leg, punters, because that shit. There's gonna be like twelve punts apiece, dude. <laughs> they're gonna be doing slow motion HD 4K punting. You know, like look at the rotation that he got on this one. <laughs> um, but anyway. Right off the bat, hardcore barn burner, right? December 16, 2022, number 24, Troy, and number 25, UTSA. Hardcore, just, just talking from the hardcores. That's going to be interesting. Um, and then, you know, as far as these semifinals go, it is pretty cool. Like we mentioned earlier, right now, we don't even have a game that's at an eight-point spread. Now, I think it was like nine, nine and a half that that Michigan open as a favorite. It's down to seven and a half. I think it was like eight, eight and a half is what I saw with Georgia being in both of them are down. But it is refreshing, Marshall, as we speak. You know, that these are a month away or whatever. Um, a little less than a month away, I suppose. But, you know, that's pretty dope that we have, uh, you know, that type of uh, matchup uh, to where, yeah, you know, we, we think the favorites are going to win. But it's not the, the 18 and 22 and all that. Speaking of, USC Tulane, that's an interesting one. I know one team's going to be a little bit more motivated the other, uh, than the other. Uh, Penn State, Utah, that's a throwback game right there. I think that's really interesting uh, for one of these matchups. Alabama, Kent State, uh, Kansas State, Kent State, Kansas State, another one we talked about minorly. But, hey, motivation, what's going to be the motivation? Tennessee, Clemson. That'll be another one where it's the backup quarterbacks, and guess what? Clemson's got the better uh, backup quarterback who's going to stay with the program. And then now South Carolina, the new and improved 8-4 and four South Kakalaka, number 19 in the country, in Notre Dame. 
we got some interesting matchups, man. Yeah, those actually those games sound fun, and, and bowl games are always fun again because you see you see coaches do stuff they normally wouldn't do. You see, like sometimes you know you can just tell sometimes it means more to certain teams. That is one thing if you're looking to um, bet bowl games. A lot of times the motivational angle is really important because again, like Bama, I bet Bama's going to have a lot of players just opt out. Hey, I'm going. I'm going to NFL. I don't care. I'm good. So if you as as the bull season starts to roll here in uh, eleven days, make sure you look at like uh, player yeah, you reports. Really gotta keep you an do because it, it's it, like it, quarterbacks, right? Yeah. It's like quarterbacks during the season and injury. You really gotta line up and see what's going on here. So if there is a if there's maybe a spread that you think, oh man, I want to go bet UTSA versus Troy. Can you go bet it this week? But then you see. UTSA's best player or the quarterback's opting out or the quarterback's going to transfer portal. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, so be patient. Like the, I think betting bowls is fun. We love doing it. We do it every year, but you do kind of just want to wait, wait till like pretty much the day of, you know, cause there may be people get sick or could be COVID. You know, I, there, there's a lot of bulls are crazy, but like you said, you mentioned some ones that are fun. Um, I think there's 43 college football games still to be played this year. So, Hey, and one actual kind of football point, which we haven't talked about today, but we, you've always done a good job of hitting on it, especially because it has benefited your Gophers last couple of years, is the fact that if your football team made a bowl game, that's 15 more practices you're allowed to have this year. That's something that you've heard some coaches talk yep. about. Dude, that is a huge advantage because by rule, you know, if your season's over, like you're done. But yep. to a lot of younger teams or maybe, you know, to a team – like, I don't know, South Alabama, okay, they're playing Western Kentucky. They're, they get 15 more practices this year that they would not have had if they would not make a bowl game. So from a looking toward the future standpoint, yeah, it's huge. these teams go, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. No, I think it's stupid that the NCAA doesn't allow to have practice anyway, you know? Sure. But True. that's kind of like the biggest reward beyond getting to travel and, you know, the swag stuff. That, that is huge, you're right. Yeah, so it did just, I guess, a, a small note to reference about. But, yeah, uh, Wisconsin-Oklahoma State, that's kind of like a, a, a fun matchup of, like, kind of popular own teams. If you're Oklahoma State, my Lord, you went from being ranked to become like a doormat for the end of the year. I would assume they would bounce back with some pride. Um, Texas tech Old Miss, a fun game. Kansas against Arkansas. I doubt many people thought Kansas would make a bowl game in Arkansas. Had a hell of a year, so I'm sure they'd want to finish on a good note. And your Gophers are going to New York, a Yankee State, playing the Syracuse Orange. That should be that should be a fun one as well, my friend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got a chance to close out the year and have nine wins. There'll be nine wins in the last three out of four uh, seasons. It hasn't happened since 1905 for those uh, checking at home. So um, before you start trying to get Fleck out of town, take a deep breath. And uh, in general, I mean, it's damn near half the former starters in the ACC at quarterback are, are in the portal. Um, you know, the portal just – it was like the fifth where it came – or no, the not the fifth, but the – it well, it technically opened today, technically. Uh, but you could be in it during the season, then there was a cutoff. And it closes January 18th. And then it picks back up. Um, there's a little window in the spring after spring practice and all that. And to be honest with you, 
I kind of think unless it's a waiver specialty case where, you know, there's either someone that's having, you know, some some family issues to the point where someone's passed or they're going to pass and you want to be closer to home or, you know, whatever. There are some waiver things, but I think once you're there, I don't think you should be able to go to spring practice, spring game, spring scrimmages, and they'd be like, all right, I'm dipping. I know it's April, but I'm out. I, that's I'm not a big fan of that beyond the wager, waiver stuff where you could be like, hey, man, you know, this is a special case or whatever. Sure. I'm not a big fan of that, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it makes it interesting, and there's a lot of, you know, if you got a good per- – if you got a good, uh, you know, recruiter, it, it does kind of like Minnesota. It, like we do have access to four-star players that haven't gotten as much starting time as they want. We're getting access to players that never would, you know, be here anyway. So I really think that there's something to it. You know what I mean? I really think that there's something to it, uh, that it's it goes both ways. You can't just look at it uh, 100% uh, negatively. Any last words, though, sir? No, I, I think that, like you said, it's cool that we don't have a 17-point a, a or 20-point spread for the Final Four, and hopefully we get rewarded with some closer games than, than, than we've been accustomed to for the last uh, handful of years. So on that note, uh, we're out. Again, we will be back. Um, there are, like I said, there's 43 college football games left this year. So, again, if you're looking for those bowl games, just do a little bit of research and be patient because – and people, a lot, plenty of people are going to opt out. That's just how college football bulls work nowadays. So uh, just be patient, but hopefully make some money with us along for the ride. And thanks as always for the support. Have a good Monday night. We're out. Peace.